Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, James Moreno, along with Michael Jorison. And together, we are Prestige Sports Wide. Wide. Wide, wide, wide. Um, again, we want to thank you for tuning in to our first episode and uh, tuning in to our second. Uh, we're really excited that you're here with us today, and uh, we, I, we feel like we have some great content for you guys. Michael, why don't you tell them what we have in store for them today? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Hope you're having a good afternoon, uh, James. Uh, for today, uh, specifically what we're going to be talking about are um, the, first, the first round of the NBA playoffs have ended, so we're going to be talking about the second round. And then we're going to be talking about NFL draft stuff, as well as a unique subject uh, combining golf and boxing. So that's all coming your way here in the next few uh, episodes. Perfect. Yeah, and like Michael mentioned, we're going to be spreading this out over several episodes. So today we're just going to be talking strictly about the Eastern Conference uh, Round 2. Uh, next episode we'll be talking about the Western Conference, and then from there we'll be breaking down the NFL draft, and then we've got some fun topics to go along with golf and boxing and all that good stuff. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, the first series. Uh, Michael, what what did you see in Boston versus Philly? Um, you know, obviously Boston won that game. What does Philly need to do to even the series? I don't think there's any specifically that I, points out to me that Philly needs to be doing. Uh, I think it's more of the fact that Boston came out and was shooting the ball better. When you're shooting the ball better, you, there's not much you can do. I mean, if I look at the field goal percentage for Boston specifically was. 48.2%, and from three-point range, they were even better at 48.6, which... Yeah, and to counter that, Philly only shot 19% from right. three-point range. But even their field goal percentage was 42.2, so yeah. you're not going to win any ball games if you're missing shots, but when it Same comes, thing at the free-throw line, you're shooting right. 75%, I mean, you're leaving points on the board. But when it comes down to it, when I look at this series, I think... Does Boston realistically have anyone that can really guard Simmons and Embiid both? They're 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 both. I mean, uh, skilled players at their positions, and you just don't have much that you can account for when you've got a six ten point guard. Yeah, I would agree with that. But at the same token, Boston is is no chump. There's a reason why they continue to thrive. Um, you know, even after suffering the the injuries they do. No Gordon Hayward. Um, no Kyrie Irving yet, you know, players like Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier have stepped up. For sure. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Boston. I, I think they're a great team. I think they've got a great coach. I just think that Philly presents more matchup problems for Boston uh, than Boston does for Philly. Yeah. And, you know, let's take a second to, you know, just realize that Jason Tatum's a rookie. And what he's doing is just phenomenal. To come out and have 28 points in round two, uh, really held his own, really been a phenomenal player all year with all the upside in the world. Um, I'm not surprised that Boston took game one. No, I mean, I'm, it didn't shock me either. Uh, I still think, uh, as far as my series predictions go, uh, that, that Philly definitely has the upper hand in it. But that doesn't mean that Boston's not going to throw punches. I'm, I in no way in any way, shape, or form, think that the series is going to be a 4-1 and one kind of game, a series. I think it, it could easily go to six or seven games. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm, I'm right there with you. Six or seven games, uh, you know, 
Boston so far has looked impressive, but we also need to keep in mind that Philly had been off um, for the last five days. And with that, like Shaq was saying last night online, um, rest equals rust. No, I mean, that that's definitely true. But I think the real question, James, is do you think that Boston has enough talent to hold off Philly? I would say if Kyrie Irving was on this team, I, w- I wouldn't even put Philly in the running. Um, you know, when you look at the injuries that this team has sustained, uh, to be where they currently are, I-, I think they've kind of exceeded expectations in my mind. Uh, with that being said, uh, Philly's bench didn't really step up. I think Boston, you know, has a little bit more is a little bit more season. I think the 76ers um, are still a little raw, and um, you know I think Boston will actually come out ahead on this series. So we have our, our, our first disagreement. We I have think. our first disagreement. I have Boston in six games. Okay, I think uh, I think Philly figures out a way to win Game Two. Uh, I think they probably. I I think this game this this series is going to go to seven. I just I think that in a seven game series it's going to be really hard for Boston, specifically to match up with Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't know who can specifically on Boston guard him versus. I think that uh, Rozier and Al uh, Al Horford as well as Tatum are playing lights out right now, but during the regular season. Neither one, neither of those three guys averaged more than 15 points a game. Yeah, but here in the playoffs, I mean, they've stepped their game up. We look at game one. Each had over 25 points. I think they're doing everything in their power. They've kicked it up into the next gear, and I think it's time for Philly to, you know, show up or shut up, if you will. Yeah, I mean, for sure. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be Philly uh, in six or seven, but... Uh, that doesn't that doesn't mean that Boston can't come out and, and, and definitely take this series. Perfect. Well, we'll go ahead and move on to the next series. Uh, the next one that we'd like to talk about is Cleveland versus Toronto. Uh, Mike, start off. Tell me a little bit about your initial thoughts on this series. This this series is really uh, really difficult for me to decide on, specifically because Toronto the whole year looked like they were you know the the taking over the East as far as you know, most people think it was LeBron's to lose, but Toronto really kind of took it over from them. And but then Cleveland really struggled against the Pacers, and that's nothing to take away against the Pacers. They played great. I think the Pacers are actually an underrated team. The way they played um, Cleveland, if LeBron's not on that team or not at a hundred percent, Pacers take that series. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think the Pacers played great, and so it's 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 a hard series to predict because in your past it was almost like Toronto was considered the underdog against Cleveland, but I mean, if you're going by seedings, it's really Toronto's to lose. But then Toronto didn't really play that much better against Wizards, so I I don't know who I want to go with on this one. I don't know who has the upper hand. You, you almost have to think that. LeBron being LeBron, that he has a little bit more than what Toronto can prepare for, but I, I don't, I don't know. Again, LeBron's a matchup challenge against almost anyone he faces. Uh, let me ask you this: If LeBron gets back to the finals for the eighth consecutive time, is that good for the NBA? I think if you're a LeBron fan, yeah, but I don't. I think no, I don't. I think the NBA needs a little bit of a mix-up. If I mean. 
if I'm if I I think I've, we've talked about previously our NBA Finals predictions, right? Right. So my prediction was Golden State in the finals against Philly. If Cleveland happens to get back and, and possibly playing Golden State, I just I don't think it's I think people are it's almost like a, having an Alabama in the championship for college football. People are getting tired of seeing the same team there every single year. So I personally don't think it's that great for the NBA uh, because I think for the same reason people got tired of seeing the Spurs in the NBA Finals too. I think if LeBron had a more talented team this year around him, it would continue to be good for the NBA. But this year's Cleveland team, you know, even if they make it to the finals, they're not winning. So what does that do to the finals as a whole? I mean, to me, I see a, a drop in viewership, a, a drop in interest, just because you already know the, the end result. Um, I personally picked Houston to represent the West. Um, I also picked Philly to come out of the East. Um, same thing, I don't think this year's Cleveland team is, uh, you know, set to come out. I know I kind of contradict myself because I saw, because now I'm picking Boston to, to win the series. But that being said, I still think the winner of the Boston and Philly series will go on to represent the East. I think Toronto is, is for whatever reason, can't get out of their own head, and they choke in the playoffs. And historically, until I see something different, I'm not going to change on that stance. And uh, Cleveland, with their current team, I already see LeBron's body shut, shutting down. Uh, I just don't think they're going to make it this year. I, I mean, I look at LeBron, and I mean, it, we'll, we'll jump into that next. But the thing that I think about is LeBron had a better team with Kyrie on there, and uh, Kevin Love was kind of the, the the third person in that group. So they had, you know, quote unquote, a big three, and they still couldn't beat who came out of the West. And so I don't I don't know what LeBron would be able to do if he had any more talent. I mean, I don't know. You always hear him say, I need more help, I need more help. So even if he had more help and he went back to the finals, I don't, I don't, I'm starting to think myself, I don't know if LeBron's got that it factor to really be able to take that next step and beat a Warriors team or beat a Houston team. I just don't see that killer instinct in him. Well, I think he does. I mean, you take historically what he's done over the last couple seasons in the playoffs. He's averaged 40 points plus a game, almost averaged a triple-double. He's doing everything he can to put his team in a position to win. Now, you mentioned the juggernaut, and you take a look at their roster. They have four all-stars and a bench. So when LeBron says that he needs more help, even with Kyrie and Kevin Love, who did he have coming off the bench that he could rely on? You have J.R. Smith but and Kyle Korver. But other than that, who's really giving you production? And that was on that this year's that year's team. This year's team, you went out and uh, right before the trade deadline, you went out and got a bunch of uh, you know talent that was supposed to help LeBron in the playoffs. They have not contributed whatsoever. Kevin Love, I know he got injured early in the series, came back and struggled a bit. Kyle Korver has been their most solid number two option. Um, if you take the series as a whole, um, you know, I know Tristan Thompson came back and gave him a spark and a fire, but when you have Kyle Korver at his age as your number two option, I'm not blaming LeBron. I don't, I'm not blaming LeBron either, but just for our viewers or I guess our listeners. Well, I'm just I'm just debating the it yeah. factor. I, I think he's got the killer instinct doing everything he possibly can. But in the same sense he he does it goes back to he doesn't have enough help. 
But here's something to think about, and we can move on to the next question, but mm-hmm. just to leave you on this. If LeBron doesn't have Kyrie, uh, was it two seasons ago? Right. And if LeBron didn't have Ray Allen, LeBron's sitting at one championship. Right. So, and that's okay to have help. Michael right. Jordan had Scottie Pippen. But I'm just saying is that if you're the best player in the world and you've mm-hmm. got that it factor, you shouldn't have to rely on other people to win you the championship. Uh, I agree to disagree. Again, Michael had Scotty. He had Horace Grant. He had a full support system behind him to to go out and get the job done. No, no one man will get you across. Otherwise, you know, we'd win the championship with the Spurs and Kawhi. We would have lost season. Um, next question: Will LeBron have enough in the tank to take down Toronto? And I'll follow that up with the another question to tie into that: Will Toronto? Finally, get past the roadblock and take down Cleveland. Zero and four and against them in recent years. This is this is what this is the my biggest. I'm debating with myself in my brain because I don't think LeBron, judging on what happened with the Pacers, I mean LeBron had to score what was it, forty five points and have a, a pretty much a triple double. He averaged against the Pacers for yeah. them to get past the finish line, and as great. Not, again, not taking anything away from the Pacers, but on paper and bench and everything, Toronto, in my mind, is a lot more talented than the Pacers are. Fair enough. But the big question for me is, will Toronto get out of their head? So, yeah. uh, so talking about LeBron, what is your opinion when you look at LeBron in the first round? Do you think how does he rank? based upon statistics-wise, versus LeBron's of the past. When I look at that first series, you know, I saw that Cleveland had their backs against the walls, and it was do or die, and LeBron came out and performed. Uh, You know, he knew the last two games the pressure was solely on him to get the job done, and he came out and performed. And what it sort of reminded me of was the year that he got his first championship in Cleveland. Um, so if I'm ranking this performance, I think it's his second best performance of a series ever. Um, simply because, again, he knew the pressure and he performed to levels that we knew he was capable of. We know that he can go out and score 40 points a game and get a triple-double. But then again, to take a step back and realize the greatness of those expectations and him hitting it, um, I, I think that's just as impressive as anything he's done in his career. Yeah, I mean, he statistically wise, I, I looked up his numbers the other day when I uh, when I thought about this question. Uh, he's averaging tied most for rebounds per game in his career, averaging most assists per game in his career, averaging more points than his career average in the playoffs. He's averaging the highest field goal percentage and three point percentage in playoff career, and he's averaging four points higher. Uh, than his career playoff points. So if you total his career points, he's scoring four more points than he would normally just on this season. So, I mean, statistically-wise, I think he is. And that ties into efficiency. He Even with age, he has become such an efficient player, and it just continues to grow. And that's what's so impressive to me. But I, I don't think it's going... In my opinion, I don't think it's going to be enough to get past Toronto. I think this is the year that we see LeBron fall. Fair enough, but the question is, first series, how does that rank against LeBron's uh, series past against other? I have him ranked second all-time for his career performances in a series. 
you know, what do you think? Uh, I mean, the, I think the question becomes is, is not so much what I think is how do we measure? Are you measuring by statistics or by how many championships you've won? So I'm looking at it from an impact. If you remove them from the series, obviously you have a different result. So I'm looking at it almost the same way you judge an MVP. And it's the most valuable player to the team in those series. That's I how I no, no doubt. If LeBron's not in Cleveland, Cleveland doesn't, I mean, doesn't beat Toronto or make the playoffs. But I mean, that's hard to say because you could you could say you know if Anthony Davis goes down for the Pelicans, Pelicans don't make the playoffs either. We're not right. talking about them in the second round. So okay, I mean, going back to the expectations, you know, we knew that he could go out get those forty plus games, get the triple doubles, but then again to step back and realize that hey. He actually did it. Um, that's what I'm looking at is looking at those expectations, looking at the achievements in those, and saying, hey, you know, he he kind of hit a home run with this. I'll, I'll say this. I think statistically this LeBron is showing a lot, but I don't – I'm not going to be impressed unless he can show me the championship. That, I'm, that's just my argument is that I think that even – it doesn't matter how many points someone scores. If they don't win the ultimate game, then or the end challenge, which is everyone shooting for the you know the NBA championship, then you know statistics don't really matter. Yeah, agreed. I mean, at the end of the day, all teams want to win a championship. That's why you do this. Um, I just look at you know we know this Cleveland team is depleted this year. We know they're not very talented. Um, so his impact on the game I, I, is. Just uh, what impresses me the most. Let's uh, go ahead and wrap this up with serious predictions. Who do you have and in how many games? I, I mean, honestly, give me a, a quarter. And yeah, I'll let's flip. flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, it's going to seven, but I don't, I mean, there's, you could say, you could make your argument for Cleveland, you could make your argument for Toronto. If Cleveland plays like they played against the Pacers, they're going to lose. But if Toronto plays like they played against the Wizards, they're going to lose. So I, I just... I want to give the edge to Toronto just because Cleveland's defense is abysmal. They're terrible. I mean, they're letting people drive on them so easily. I think Toronto probably has a better defense. So if you're going to hold my feet to the fire, I'll say Toronto in seven. Interesting. I just, uh, Toronto, they have, like I said, historically just not gotten it done in the playoffs. Um, I do think Toronto is going to take game one. I don't think Cleveland is fresh, but I think if Cleveland can go in and get a, a little bit of rest and regroup, I have Cleveland in seven. Perfect. All right. Um, for our third and final segment of, of this Eastern Conference uh, you know, block that we have here, I want to take a second to shout out to Victor Oladipo. Um, it was really inspiring to me that, I, that there was a post going around Instagram uh, from his trainer showing a, a text message that he had gotten from Victor Oladipo an hour and a half after Game 7 stating, hey, when can we get back to work? I'm ready to take my game to the next level and, and you know just transform my game even more. And to me, that just speaks volumes about the type of player he wants to be uh, going forward. Again, I like to pull life lessons out of these. Um, kids, if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're involved in social media and you see things like this, this is the level of work that it takes to get to that level that Victor Oladipo is starting to get to. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. That guy really, I mean, if you want to talk about uh, an MVP for a team, if you take Oladipo away from the Pacers, that series is probably over. And, and it's probably a sweep, if not 
four to one. But you know, it's it's kind of funny as you think about it. As Oladipo played for uh, the Thunder, have the Thunder made some stupid moves as far as shipping oh, players yeah. away? It seems like it's a factory for shipping yes. off all stars. I mean, James Harden, James Harden, and Oladipo. Oladipo. I mean, if you would have kept that core together, they would have won at least two, three championships by now. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I just want to you know put a little note out there. Watch Victor Oladipo of uh, 2018-19 season. I think he's going to have an even higher breakout season than he did last year because he's going to go in the summer and put in the work necessary. Barring injuries, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I think the Pacers are going to be a fun team to watch in the future. Um, And with that, we're going to conclude this segment on the Eastern Conference uh, Round 2 playoffs. Um, Mike, it's always a pleasure to be with you here on this. And uh, again, we appreciate you listening to Prestige Sports Wide. Uh, Mike, why don't you give them our contact info? Yep. Uh, if you have any questions, definitely email us at uh, prestigesportswide at gmail.com. Uh, again, please share, hit the hit the like button. Download. Yep, download. Do whatever you can to listen to this. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about the Western Conference. And then, obviously, like I said, talk about NFL and some uh, interesting golf boxing topic. All right. With that, we're going to sign off. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.